and welcome to the fourth chapter of The King's Secret. Alfred showed me how to get to the auditorium, the garden, the courtyard, and lastly the grand dining hall, because of course, it was dinner time. We met up with Lena and found seats towards the front of the room. A few of their friends from prior years sat with us as we ate, and I greatly enjoyed hearing their stories of mischief. They also provided great information on all of the different teachers. Watch out for Miss Kearns. Emily, a sweet Asian girl with fair skin and a nice smile, warned. She's notorious for throwing pop quizzes with no prior instruction on the content. She expects her students to read literally the entire textbook, as if we don't have other courses. Oh, Esta, a male nymph, which I literally had no idea existed, spoke up. Miss Kearns is nothing compared to Master Hollis. He's vindictive. You mess up once, and he'll wait the entire semester to show you and embarrass the shit out of you by doing it in front of the whole class. Very true, Alfred agreed. I mispronounced a word in a potion, and he waited until the final to drill home the correct pronunciation. Even projected my final thesis with the word circled, my name fully visible. Okay, I asked, truly enjoying the conversation. Who is hands down the worst teacher overall, and who is the best? Worst? Esther thought for a moment, then looked at his friends for confirmation. Headmaster Prim. Definitely, Lena agreed. He's done it so long the teaching is now beneath him. Treats his students like they're garbage. Even the most talented struggle in his courses. The board ended up making his classes completion points only due to so many complaints. Then why is he still here, let alone headmaster? I asked in a low whisper. Literally none of us can figure it out. Mora, a vampire girl shrouded in black from head to toe, answered as she sipped her juice box. Okay, I said, shaking the disbelief from my head. So that's the worst. How about the best? That's going to be hard. Lena said with confliction. There are many good ones. I agree, Mora said. I think best is a matter of opinion based on who you get along with more. That's a fair point, I admitted and finished my tray of food. As I placed my silverware down in the center of the empty tray, it vanished. What just happened? I mean, I'm used to my dining materials disappearing, but not like that. The entire table laughed. The trays are enchanted. Lena offered. The Richies were complaining about having to carry their trays to the kitchen like slaves. I rolled my eyes in disbelief. How entitled. Oh well. What's good for one is easier for the masses. Well said. I was not prepared to have a ghost present themselves beside me, and may have let out a startled squeak that caused immense amounts of laughter to explode from our table. Hello. I covered my face with my hands in an attempt to hide the embarrassed blush that had risen to my cheeks. Sorry. The specter laughed and sat on the table. No need to apologize. I take pride in being able to startle newcomers. Soon you'll be used to us living impaired and I'll no longer be able to have my fun. I laughed at my own foolishness and smiled at him. It's nice to meet you. I'm Owen. I know. He returned the smile. 
one is not likely to forget such a wonderful audition so soon. I blinked a few times before understanding came to me. You're Master Evan. Ah, he looked surprised. So you've been told of me. How interesting. I look forward to having you in my class this semester, young Master Easley. However, his image reversed, and I was suddenly looking at his back. I would refrain from discussing teachers in such a manner. Should another board member have overheard, it likely wouldn't have had such a fun outcome. Yes, sir, the entire table responded, some hanging their heads. It was my fault. I didn't want them to get into trouble on my behalf. I asked. I know, Evan smiled. I was hoping someone would say I was the best. He gave the table a wave before walking away, his feet hovering a few inches above the ground. He is a pretty dope teacher, Alfred stated as he sipped his ale. What's he teach? I asked, hoping that was an acceptable question. History of magic, Esta answered. That's oddly fitting, I laughed as I looked over my shoulder taking stock of the clothing he wore. Though he seems a rather modern spirit. He is, Mora stated. Died last year during a dueling demonstration. Mr. Worst accidentally blasted him with a death curse while explaining to students why they were illegal. Crappian pissed a lot of people off that day, Alfred murmured as he sipped his drink. Especially since we all know he can easily bring someone back from the dead. Esta added. Seriously? Master Evan's head popped through the table, startling the entire group. Knock it off. Yes, sir, the whole table responded again. After he vanished, we chose to talk about favorite courses instead, careful not to mention teachers. I had a feeling there were a lot of interesting things happening within the school. Literally, the coolest course offered is linkages, Lena gushed. I hope I can get into it next year. I've heard about that one, I chimed in. It's about reading minds and stuff like that, isn't it? Yeah, Emily answered excitedly. It's an exclusive course, though. Only six get selected each year to take it. Whoa! Alfred suddenly exclaimed as he jumped up from his seat. Big fucking snake! I looked down in time to see a large python rising up between my legs. I froze as the heavy creature slowly climbed my body. As if its size wasn't terrifying enough, its weight made it hard to move. I looked to the others for help, but the entire table stared in horror as it wrapped around my shoulders to face them. Mind your mouth, Master Gurn. Alfred blinked in confusion understanding visibly smacking him in the face like an open hand. Mistress Inail? Of course. The snake turned her head to address me. Simply wanted to say hello. Hello. I felt a bit more comfortable knowing that this snake was sentient. Nice new skin, mistress. Mora complimented her. Seriously scary. Try not to make the little ones cry. No promises. The snake turned to me again, and I noticed that its black eyes were alight with a dark energy. Nice to meet you, Master Aisley.
"Likewise," I smiled, recalling the snake's name as another board member. "Do you mind if I place you on the floor, rather than have you slither over me again? It's a bit uncomfortable having someone of your position literally crawling over my body." The snake sniggered. "Of course." "Thank you." I lifted her off of me and set her on the floor, pleased to watch her slither away and terrify another table. "'New skin?' I whispered as I turned back to the table. "'She's a demon,' Esta answered. "'Needs a new host every year.' "'Gotcha!' I was no longer comfortable with the sentient snake. "'So that's two, I thought aloud. "'Wonder what the other five are up to.' Probably preparing for class. Lena vanquished her tray and folded her arms over the table, turning to Mora. Any interest in doing roll call? Does it have to be me? Mora asked with disinterest. You're the only senior here. Alfred looked back at her, a wicked smile on his lips. Ugh! Mora set her juice box down. Fine. Might as well show the noob. Yes! Alfred exclaimed and started banging on the table with a steady rhythm. The others joined in, as did other tables nearby until the whole cafeteria was doing it. Morris stood on the table and shouted, Roll call! The entire hall responded, Roll call! Seniors! Morris continued, slightly quieter. Sound off! Yes, ma'am! The boisterous response rang out around me from different locations, and I couldn't help but laugh. This was not only bizarre, but the school's unity in the obvious tradition was highly amusing. Hold your head up high, Mora called, and they repeated, Cause you've made it out alive. Juniors! Alfred jumped up to take over, and Mora gratefully stepped down. Lena and Esta, as well as the other junior-level students in the room, shouted loudly, "'Yes, sir!' "'Hold your head up high!' Alfred raised his ale as if to toast the room, and they sounded the response, "'Cause we're still in this fight!' "'Sophomores!' Emily jumped up gleefully, and the room responded, "'Hold your head up high, cause we lead the fight!' "'Freshmen!' A boy from two tables over leapt up, obviously enjoying his control over the room. Hold your head up high, and pray we don't die tonight. Hey, teachers! Alfred resumed control. Five individuals shouted back, Get back to class! The pounding stopped, and the whole room erupted into cheers and laughter. What do you think? Lena asked. That's awesome, I responded honestly. A little dark, though, isn't it? We're mages, man, Esta offered as he sent his tray back to the kitchen. In most of our cultures, we're the front of the line in the battle. This used to be a military school. Yeah, Morris set her empty drink on Alfred's tray for him to vanquish. Until someone's dad defunded it fifty years ago. That would have been my grandfather, I corrected, and I never knew that. I'll have to mention it to my brother so he can reinstate funding once he takes the crown. As long as he doesn't reinstate the draft, Esta sighed. That wasn't a draft, Esta. Alfred's face changed from jovial to serious. 
That was genocide. Lena saw the confused look on my face. Oh, my God, you have no idea about that, do you? The whole table looked at me like I'd grown a tentacle out of my forehead. Unfortunately, no. My father has not only banned magic in the palace and the royal city, he's also erased any and all mentions of it in our historical records. Emily snorted in disgust. <sighs> what a dick. He's probably embarrassed, Mora added. Who wants to claim that their father was responsible for nearly bringing extinction to nymphs and fae? I didn't try to hide my shocked expression as I looked at Esta's sullen face. I wish I could apologize, but I have no idea where to begin. We can't change the past, Esta smiled. It's literally illegal in all realms, but we can learn from it. You're here, so that's a step in the right direction. I have the sudden urge to find a library, I admitted. I have a feeling the history books here will be far more accurate than the ones that we have at home. I can take you, Morris stood. I have an overdue book from last year that needs returned anyway. Okay. I stood and moved to follow her. Catch you later, guys. Our friends said their goodbyes, and we quickly made our way to the library. The librarian, a fellow vampire... Scolded Mora for the late book, and kindly showed me to the history section. I was surprised when Mora followed. What in particular are you looking for? The librarian's soft voice did not match his buff appearance. History on the royal family? I didn't fail to notice the man's eyes light upon the crest on my breast. A look of judgmental skepticism forming on his face. Checking the accuracy of our records, young prince? No, I smiled, confirming the inaccuracies of ours. The skepticism left his face, giving way to an expression of interest. Intriguing. You'll find such books in this section here. I regret to inform you, many of them are in Vishnan. That won't be a problem, I assured him, earning a surprised look from both him and Mora. Thank you kindly for your help. I offered the librarian a bow as I was accustomed to doing it to anyone in professional status. To my surprise, he laughed, as did Mora. What? Well, it's just... <sighs> Mora shot an amused glance to the librarian. You're probably the first royal to bow to a vampire in the last century. Well, that's just rude, I stated and turned back to the librarian. My apologies. I like you. He smiled down at me, revealing his sharp fangs. You're going to do interesting things, young prince. He offered a partial bow, laughing at his own action before walking away, murmuring something under his breath. This one will answer the questions about that. Mora already had a book pulled from the shelf. It's simply too complicated to summarize. I took the book from her and frowned. I'm learning all kinds of things about myself today. What language is this? Don't tell me you know Vishnin, but not Latin. Mora looked stunned. We don't have any Latin dictionaries at home, so no. I took the book under my arm and started combing the shelves. I don't know Latin. Shouldn't take too long to learn, though. 
Looks like it has many of the same roots. You're full of surprises. Mora shook her head and grabbed a few texts. Here, these should be a good place for you to start. I wouldn't check out too many extracurricular books. You're only allowed six out at a time, and many teachers require that we utilize the library for their courses. Good to know. I took the books from her and we walked to the desk. Master Aisley. The librarian looked upset as he combed through his computer. I'm afraid you don't have a student ID yet. I can't let you check these out at the moment. But if you'd like, I can reserve them here at the desk for later. I sighed. All right. How do I get one? You'll get one at orientation tomorrow, Mora answered. Do we also get our class list then? I asked. Mora and the librarian stared at me in equal confusion for a moment before he piped up. You haven't received your course listing yet? That should have been included in your acceptance letter. All I got was a list of materials to purchase and instructions for arriving at the school, I stated. How odd, he pondered. It would be best for you to speak to your advisor right away. Okay. I have no idea who that is, I admitted. Who signed your acceptance letter? Mora asked. Headmistress Prim. Based off of their reactions, I could see that this was a rare occurrence. The librarian inhaled a deep, slow breath and turned back to his computer, an expression of surprise firmly in place. How very peculiar. I can show you to her office, Mora almost whispered as she turned to leave. My head was beginning to swim from the amount of questions I had. As we walked, I decided to ask Mora about herself. I hope this isn't considered rude, but how do you become a vampire? It's not rude, she laughed. It's typically phrased, how were you born? My parents found me wandering the streets after one of the raids around 70-ish years ago. I was sickly and would most likely die soon. And they really wanted a kid, so they took me in. I don't remember any of that, though. Very few vampires can remember their past lives clearly. Also, you should know that it's a complete myth that we don't age. It just happens very slowly. I was a toddler when my parents took me in. Good to know, I stated. I don't think I'd want to live forever. Longer, sure, but not forever. That would be awful. I agree, Morris said as we rounded the corner. Seeing loved ones and friends die is hard. I imagine you've seen lots of loss. I suddenly felt bad for her. I have. She smiled at me. But I've also seen lots of wonderful things. Focusing on the good helps. Also, you should know that Skiff and I are a thing. Skiff? I questioned. The librarian. A sly grin covered her lips. Staff and student relationships are frowned upon. But we're technically the same age, and he's not a teacher, so no one really cares. Huh. I thought about it for a second. I can see why. Living for so long and slow aging, a mere child could have more sense and wisdom than someone who is physically aged more. I hope he treats you well. He does. She beamed. So, do you have a partner? <laughs> no, I admitted. I haven't really thought about that, to be honest. 
I've been so fixated on learning that I've never even considered trying to have a relationship. I see. Her smile faded. I can't imagine what living there had to be like. I'm sure it was hell. You have no idea, I shrugged, feeling the scars beneath my shirt. Well, you're in a safe place now. Her smile returned, and she pointed to a large oak door. Here's Ada's office. No guarantee she's in there, though. That girl is a busy one. Thanks for showing me. I offered a bow, which she returned with a giggle before leaving. I knocked on the door and waited. Nothing. I knocked again, and this time the door opened only a few inches. I pushed it gently with my index finger and peered into the pitch-black room. Hello? A jolt of surprise zipped through me when a set of glowing green eyes opened from within the shadows. Hello, Mr. Aisley. Ada's voice was garbled and slow. Come in. I hope you don't fear the dark. I don't. I slipped inside and closed the door, plunging the two of us into total darkness. I heard the lock click and turned to face the illuminated eyes. Are you okay? If this is a bad time, I can come back. My eyes adjusted quickly. I had charmed him with impeccable low-light vision years ago so that I could slip out of the palace during the night. I could now see that Ada was a disheveled mess. Her hair was in a ratty bun atop her head, and her under-eyes were baggy with exhaustion. I'm fine. She didn't look fine. Too many transformations in a short amount of time, paired with course preparation, has been draining. I twisted the ring she'd given me around my finger. Without hesitation, I pulled it off and handed it to her. Sounds like you could use this more than me right now. She looked at the ring for a moment, then chuckled. Oh, the irony. She must have been truly drained of energy, because she let out a relieved sigh as she placed the ring onto her finger. Now, what can I do for you? I wanted to ask about my classes. I leaned on the chair back before me. Oh, shit. She stood and leaned forward, rifling through a stack of papers. I completely forgot to put that in your letter, didn't I? Um, uh, Mistress Prim? I averted my eyes the moment I realized that she was clothed in nothing more than a silken robe, which was currently agape. Could you please close your robe? She froze and looked up at me, startled. You can see me? All of you. I would be lying if I said I didn't enjoy the sight, but she wasn't mine to view. Ada gasped and quickly shut her robe tight, tying the cord about her waist promptly. I am so sorry. I had no idea you could see in the dark. Do you make a practice of sitting naked with your students? I asked with a nervous laugh. Students typically aren't allowed in my office, Mr. Aisley. Take your course list and leave. She shoved a paper towards me in her outstretched hand. And for your information, it's easier to dress this way during the start of the year. I often have to transform with little notice in order to complete tasks. Makes sense. I smiled and turned toward the door. Good day, mistress. Owen, she called softly. Tell no one about the whole robe thing. You have my word. I meant it. I had no wish to get her in trouble. I opened the door and stepped out into the light, 
accidentally bumping into someone as my vision fought to adjust. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, my. I recognized the giggle instantly. Mr. Aisley, what a pleasure to see you again. I blinked a few times, and Mr. Smalia's cherubic face came into view, a beaming smile stretching her plump cheeks. Likewise, mistress, I offered her a bow. What have you got there? She gestured to the paper in my hand. Course list. I showed her the paper and smiled. I see, Malia giggled. Be patient with Ada, dear. You're her first student. My brow furrowed. Truly? Yes. Her happiness was contagious. She's never taken interest in being an advisor before. But then again, we don't often get students like you. Oh? I was genuinely curious. Yes. She took my course list from me and glanced over it. The political implications of your status aside, Ada was the last self-taught individual of your caliber. You're kidding. I was shocked, to say the least. I didn't think I had that much talent. Her smile vanished as she reached the bottom of the page. You have immense magical energy. With a little guidance, you could easily become the next board member. Now don't build him up too much, Malia. I heard a squeaky male voice, but didn't see anyone. Wouldn't want him to develop a nasty complex. Before I could ask, a small, translucent, winged creature with a gray humanoid body fluttered out of Malia's bag, coming to land on her shoulder. I'm Torkin. It's a pleasure. Pixie? I asked, afraid of being wrong. To my relief, he laughed. <laughs> yes. Well done. I understand you're not familiar with too many sentient creatures other than humans, due to your father's restraints. That's correct, I sighed in dismay. Hmm. He placed his small hands on his equally small hips. Then I imagine you've had quite a day. It's been very eye-opening. I gave the small man a warm smile. Malia was about to say something when Ada's door cracked open, her exhausted face blinking into the light as she hid her body behind the door. You're all quite loud. Oh, sorry, dear, Malia whispered. I have that potion you requested. Torkin jumped from her arm and into the bag again, re-emerging a few seconds later with a small vial of pink bubbling liquid. Ada reached for it. Thanks. Now please, I have a nasty migraine. Could you all converse somewhere else? Torkin flew to her, dropping the vial lightly into her palm. Of course. We're sorry. Please, get some rest. Malia looked worried. You've overdone it again. I'm aware of that, Ada said as she uncorked the vial and knocked it back. New ring? Malia asked, noticing the ring that I'd given her sparkling from her middle finger. On loan from a friend. Ada smiled. The potion seemed to revive her energy some. Good day to you all. I tipped my head towards her as the other two board members said their goodbyes. She looked horrible. I looked down at my course list, realizing for the first time just how many classes I was signed up for. Uh, I said quietly. Mistress Malia, is it typical for students to take 13 courses? No, she whispered. Let's walk and talk. When we were a safe distance from Ada's office, Malia spoke normally. Students typically only take seven courses. 
The board would like you to get caught up with the rest of your age group. So your first year is going to be rather chaotic, I'm afraid. Feel free to ask any questions of us if you need help, Torkin added as he sat on Malia's shoulder. We want to see you succeed. Well, I looked over the list again. Honestly, I probably have a good start in half of these, so it shouldn't be too hard to manage if I work ahead. Malia giggled. <laughs> That's the spirit. A loud banging sounded behind us, and all three of us turned to see what it was. Headmaster Cyprian was currently pounding his fist on Ada's door. He looked pissed. Come along. Malia touched my back, gently turning me away. It's best not to let him see us looking. Fucking prick. Torkin made no effort to turn his head. Why couldn't he have just left that girl alone? Torkin! Malia warned. Student! I don't care, Torkin hissed. Ada doesn't deserve that. I heard the door slam close behind us. A loud crash and curse words sounded from within Ada's office. I couldn't help but turn to look before blatantly breaking the third rule she'd set. How did that disaster even happen? Malia sighed and ushered me along. Let's talk in my office. That concludes Chapter 4 of The King's Secret. I hope you enjoyed this reading, and I hope you'll return for Chapter 5. Have a wonderful week, and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye!